This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 26 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and as ever I'm joined by Gary. How are we getting on? I'm doing very, very well my friend. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah, I've uh, had a very busy week at work, and that's part of the reason why this is um, a day late. But also, we've uh, we've had that thing called life going on, and I believe uh, you had a very enjoyable time at a gig last night. Yeah, let's face it, you would have recorded it yesterday. You're trying to cover for me a little bit, but I went out and tried to have a life yesterday um, for the first <laughs> time in an awful long while. It didn't involve the, either football, uh, Fiona, or or a dog. Um, so yeah, it was good. Yeah, good gig. Really good gig. Band played at my 40th birthday and then they're supporting the Rum Jacks at the Rescue Rooms in Nottingham. So it was uh, it was interesting. They were but very enjoyable as well. Your, that, uh... they? <laughs> I was going to say, they were really good at your 40th, actually. It was a really good, uh, really good yeah. show. But um, yeah, as as you sort of allude to, uh, you're not here to to listen to tales of mine and Gary's social life. Uh, we are here to talk about Lincoln City and, uh, well... We'll start as ever with uh, with the most recent match, which was County away. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't the best match by any stretch, was it? It was uh, everything kind of the build up to it was was quite amusing. You know, you had uh, people sat in the stands with with inflatable phalluses and all the rest of it, and and it was uh, it was just really good fun. Um, and then two minutes in, I think I, I think the referee kind of set his stall out, and and that was it. Um, it. I mean, looking back on it, I think it was a soft penalty to give away first off, um, particularly in the first two minutes. I think it. Uh, my my opinion on the referee was very similar to that of Danny's. I think he had a poor game for for both teams. Really, he didn't he didn't get a grasp in it uh, on the game in the way that he needed to. I think he tried to get a grasp on things by you know giving away or asserting his dominance if you like with a with a slightly soft penalty and then within seven minutes he'd given Nicky a yellow card and it was just it it just wasn't a, a good display from him but it wasn't a good display from the imps either um I, I'm not making excuses I'm not turning around saying oh by the way yeah the referee um the referee was the, the cause that we lost that it was like no it absolutely wasn't we we just didn't perform 
to the levels that I think we're capable of. Um, I mean, obviously, the first half was was relatively quiet until Bruno popped up and, and made amends for his red card and slammed it in from about 25 yards. But I think other than that, that was, well, it was when the goal went in. It was when we really started to look like we were kicking in a bit. But unfortunately, the halftime whistle went. Um, I mean, your your thoughts on the first half? It was a bit scrappy, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a penalty. Yeah, let's let's be honest. I know he he could have shied away from giving it. We've seen referees that would, but it, you know, you ask for trouble. He's giving him a little nudge or whatever in the box. He's going to give the penalty. And as soon as that went in, you know, that lifts the Meadow Lane crowd. And it was, you know, it was a bumper crowd. It was a bumper atmosphere. And sometimes, as I've said on the pod before, those atmospheres can actually go against you. You know, we think, oh, they might get on their back. They might, but if they score an early penalty, they might get right behind them. And let's not forget, mm. this was a new look Notts County. This wasn't the Notts County that had tumbled to the bottom of the table. This has got Michael Doyle in the midfield, who's a born winner. Um, got Coventry promoted via the playoffs last year. You know, impressed at Meadow Lane against Notts County for Coventry in the playoffs. Really, really good player. And yeah. I actually think, yeah, we didn't play well. But I think that's as much to do with the way that they played against us as it was the way we actually went at the game and I think because they'd got Doyle in the middle and I think they he he was really he was a workhorse and he was all over the place and you know he's like 106 or something he's he's really knocking up <laughs> and but he's he's quality and he's a nasty mm. niggly arsehole um and he was winding our players up and you know he was into a kindy and he was into this guy and he was into that and it unsettled us and it worked and you know mm. it, was, it, it was job done and yeah, Bruno got a great goal. You called it about him being back in the squad. Didn't think he'd walk straight back in. Just goes to show you, though, Danny doesn't harbour grudges. You know, mm. I, I was told after the sending off by several people in the know that Bruno wasn't going to play for the club again. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, interesting. Uh, um, and he did, and it was a good goal. Brilliant. I hope he does it more consistently now that the cold weather's passed us by, um, or largely passed us by. So, yeah, mm. it, was, it was all right. It was it was just one of those games that I don't think it was ever going to be a game we were going to go and romp. I think I said that at the time. Did I call it as a draw last week? Um, I don't know if you did your normal thing. I don't think we actually. Uh, I don't think we we put a prediction out on the pod last week. I know. No, uh, I called it as a draw. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I mean, the, the second half was was what it was. I think it, it could have gone either way, um, and I think it was one of those. It was one of those afternoons where you know you've said before that you normally put your house on on Big John scoring penalties, and I mean it was a poor penalty. It, it, it from the angle that it's at on the um, on the highlights on YouTube and stuff, it does look like the keeper tips it around the post. But when you look at it from videos from the Lincoln fans' end, he he just drags it wide, and it's yeah. I think there was a stunned silence. Um, when it went wide from from our side of the ground, it was. Uh, I mean, let's face it; nobody had a great game on on Saturday. Um, I think personally, I, I, I felt like Shane McCartan went missing for quite a long period in the first half, um, which is why he came off. Um, and it it just didn't seem like the Lincoln team that I know we can be. And like you say, it was a new look Notts County side. They were strong. They were they were playing well above themselves. Um, and I think Mikhail Smith was he, he's, he was a real handful as well. He was uh, he was putting himself about. He's got he's got a bit of pace on him for you know for for, for County's front line really. And it was just it was a game that I could honestly see as potentially 
letting slip towards the end, particularly as I thought there was a, a penalty shout for County at the very end, which was, I mean, it was more of a penalty than their first one to me. Um, but yeah, on, on the whole, it was just one of those days, maybe you want to look at it and forget it and put it behind you, you know, and to use the phrase that I know we've spoken about before that you don't particularly like, we go again on Saturday. Um, but I mean, your, your sort of thoughts on the second half and, and how it transpired and yeah, it just wasn't great, was it? Well, as you know, I'm not actually in a great position to comment um, because I didn't go to the game. Uh, I did have a ticket for the game. I was bunged up. I've been feeling really, really crabby. Um, so I only really had to listen to the second half. You know, the, the, the first half, I've, I've seen some of the highlights on YouTube, on um, what that other thing I follow. So, so yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've kind of watched it. I've done my research, but um, I'm not actually going to insult the four and a half thousand people that did make the trip by, by trying to say what I think about the second half because I'm in less of a position to do so than they are. Um, but I will go back to that goal by Bruno. And I'll tell you something. That's a quality goal. And we talk about goals of the season, right? We talk about mm. um, one the strikes from Shane McCartan, you know, on the half volley or whatever. You look at the team build-up. Look how many players were involved in that goal. Look at passing. There's Danny Rowe running. There's balls from Michael O'Connor. That, that, that is a great goal. Absolutely great goal. That was worthy of winning any game. So take the positives from it we've got a point and if Notts County are improving as it looks like they are they're going to have an awfully big say in um in the title challenge I don't know if you're um if you've been aware of who they've got to come but they um, they've got the stags next haven't they well they've got the stags coming up are they the, I don't know if they're the next game they've got I think, I think um, they're next at home they've got so they're away at Forest Green this Saturday They've got mm-hmm. Stags at home on the 16th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have also still got MK Dons have got to go there on the 19th of April as well. So they've got okay. a big say. They've got they've still got Carlisle to play. They go there. But it's these next two games. If they have turned it around, if Doyle is going to be on form and if, if, if they are going to start hitting a little bit of um, form as a team, Next two games crucial because if they take points from those next two games, when we've got Stevenage and Northampton at home, realistically games that we should take six points from, um, mm. could give us another cushion. It could, you know, we could be two points better off over both Mansfield and Forest Green, thanks to Notts County, and then we'll not be looking at that draw as such a bad thing if they do the same again and again. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and um, absolutely, that's it's a good way of looking at it. I I wasn't aware that they had. Um, MK Dons. I knew they had Forest Green and um, and Mansfield coming up, um, but I didn't. I didn't know they had the Dons as well. And I mean, MK Dons have, have taken a bit of a bit of a sticky run of form recently. So I think, and I know Tomo says a lot on Radio Lincolnshire. I think I tend to agree with him on this one that I think it's going to be um, Lincoln, Mansfield, and uh, Berry at the top. And Forest Green. Sorry, gonna, Forest uh, Green. Gonna, They've got a £1 million striker just gone back to their team who's, who's just gone back, slotted in and started scoring goals again. The only thing that Forest Green team lacked when they came to Central Bank earlier in the season was Christian Deutsch. I, I yeah, think, I, 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 I think we said that at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, you know, it was a goal, they needed a goal scorer and they've got it back. And yeah, I'm, as much as it pains me to say it, I can see it happening. But Yeah, uh, MK Dons have only won two in nine. <sighs> And in that yeah. time, they've lost at home to Crewe, they've lost away to Grimsby, they've drawn with Northampton, they've lost at Cheltenham, and they've lost at home to Colchester. And we and our fans have moan, our fans moan. 
And you got that sort of form. Mm. Funnily enough, all of that since I went to their ground. I went to their ground oh, with wow. like a two win, two home wins, Morecambe and Carlisle, and they had Colchester, I think, coming up straight after that. And uh, yeah, they've only won twice since. 6-0 against Cambridge, which was quite impressive. But um, yeah, bad <laughs> run, bad run of form. Yeah. Anyway, um, we can hope to probably extend our unbeaten run uh, on Saturday. Um, how do you see it going? Going to be an interesting one. Um, as you know, I do a little bit of research. Northampton, you can make stats say what you want. So here's two ways to make the stats talk. They've only won two in 11. They've only lost four in 11. So, um, you know, they're either on a, a decent run of form or they're on a bad run of form. The two that they've won... Away at Tranmere, 2-1 the other night. Tranmere, you know, they're falling a little bit, but that's not a bad result. They beat Carlisle, who were, who were obviously up there 3-0 as well. You look at the games they've lost, mm-hmm. um, they got thrashed at home by Colchester, decent side. They lost away at Forest Green. That was only 2-1 on New Year's Day. Uh, before that, mm-hmm. they'd drawn 2-2 with MK Dons. They lost 2-1 to Bristol Rovers in the EFL Trophy. So, you look at it and if you take the EFL trophy, they've lost three in the league in 10, which is, is probably lower playoff form. Um, but up until going into Tranmere, they'd only won one in nine. So, you know, the numbers can say an awful lot. Um, I thought they were one of the better sides we'd played this year in the two matches I'd seen, FA Cup game and the, uh, and the home game. Uh, first game of the season at their place. Um, they were playing kind of a flat four four two, I think, with Sam Hoskins was one of the players up front who I was really impressed with. Um, so he's he's still playing. He's still in the first team despite the change of manager and the upheaval. And he also bagged twice this week against uh, Tranmere. He's a player I really liked. I thought they should have beat us 4-1 on the opening day. They had enough chances to. Um the team's largely unchanged as well. Uh, seven of the 11 that started on the opening day started for them against um, Tranmere. So Keith Curl hasn't gone in and done wholesale revolution. He's, he's kind of gone in and kept a degree of um, purpose and clarity to what they're doing. Um, the one thing that they do like to do, he likes to play a counter-attack in formation. So they've taken a steer away from the 4-4-2 and they, they've recently been playing a 3-4-2-1. Um, what that does, that kind of nullifies the threat from our wider players. Certainly Harry Anderson, he likes space to get in behind and kind of get his head down and charge on like a bull at a red rag. Um, but there won't be space in behind because they're going to sit deep. Mm. They're going to sit compact uh, and they're going to look for us to break them down. So it's not going to be Harry's game. Even though he scored in the FA Cup, um, that was against a four four two, And with a flat four four two, there's a little bit more space in behind as everyone pushes forward. The only issue with their setup is that they're playing a, a counter-attacking game, but they're not doing it with a target man. Now, we've seen some counter-attacking from Oldham, for instance, when they had um, Ishmael Miller sent off uh, at their place. and They played mm-hmm. Sam Surridge up top, and he has to occupy the two centre-halves. Northampton don't have that. Um, they've got Andy Williams on the bench. Let's be honest, he's gash. Uh, he was terrible on the opening day of the season. and uh, So he'll probably come on and score now. Van Veen has left. Um, they have got Junior Marias. He was lad sent off in the FA Cup. But they're really going to be looking for, towards Hoskins, I think, um, for the for the pace uh, to get to get beyond. Could cause us trouble. If Bolger's not back, you know, Shax doesn't have a lot of pace. Bozzy doesn't have a lot of pace. So then we might be playing a little bit deeper defensively. Um, scared of the ball over the top, and it could—it's going to leave a real battle in the middle of the park if they're going to do the same thing. Um, so, 
we shall see. It's going to be a very interesting one. I'm fascinated to look at this one tactically. Uh, fascinated to see how it pans out. Uh, and by fascinated, I mean, if it doesn't go our way, I'll be pissed off. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the best way of, of looking at that word when it comes to Lincoln City at the minute. Um, but yeah, I think um, you're right in, ter- uh, in terms of the, the sort of midfield battle. I think it's going to be... Um, it's going to be one where we're going to need um, we're going to need Michael O'Connor in there to to do what he does and you know get stuck in and, and all the rest and uh, I'm I don't know I I just think it's going to be one of those afternoons where we need to be or I mean we need to be at our best whenever we play at the minute because as Danny's mentioned before you know teams raise their game when they come to the Central Bank at the moment but I, I just think it's. Northampton seem like they're a decent attack inside, and I just don't know. Like like you said, you don't know where the threat's going to come from, particularly if they're trying to play that counter attack without the target man. It's it's interesting. It's, it's weird. I I didn't actually I didn't realize that Van Bean had gone. Um, which was yeah. I I didn't I forgot about that. But yeah, I think overall it's it's a game like you say. It's a game that we should take three points from on Saturday, and then the following week is another one. Uh, where we should take another three. It's quite. It, it is quite nice to have five home games in seven. I think it is now that we've got coming up. Um, Not when you write a piece in the program, it isn't. <laughs> first world problems, Gary. First world problems. Um, yeah, well, I, I interviewed Kian Bolger um, for this weekend, and I, I won't go into too much detail. I didn't get enough out of it for an article on my own site because he he did uh, he did politely declined to answer one of my questions. I won't go into that any further. Um, okay. <laughs> but I, I dropped a right bollock because I, I said to him, um, oh, you know, one of the reasons that you uh, were attracted to the club was obviously you came to the Grimsby game and you saw the atmosphere and were convinced to sign. That was Mark O'Hara. That was exactly what he said. Yeah. <laughs> terrible, terrible research. I'd, I'd been kind of flat out football league world stuff and I've got yeah I'm doing doing loads of stuff and he just went no mate that was Mike O'Hara I played in that game oh bollocks you know what I just didn't know what that was it at that point I just kind of thought I'm you know I think I wrapped it up on about seven minutes to be honest because I just felt like as such a melt it was unreal oh grounds wants to to follow you up yeah just touching back on them Northampton one unknown quantity one name that could could come on to, uh, if he if he doesn't start, could come off the bench, um, is Timo Elsnick. Okay. He's on loan from uh, Derby County. Quality footballer. Been on loan at Mansfield early doors this season. Has Didn't get on the field uh, as much as he would like to for Mansfield, but he's got, some, he's got some quality on the ball. He's been described as some as Derby County's George Grant. Okay. Um, so just keep an eye out for him if he does get on the field because uh, I've I've been hearing a lot of good things about him through the the football league world stuff that I do. Oh, okay. Um yeah, so um we'll we'll move sort of into a few off the field matters now. Um first one uh, sort of news broke today. Ellis has gone out on loan to Chesterfield till the end of the season. Um I think it was a move that was hinted at the other week from from Danny in one of his interviews where he said that he wants to try and get Ellis some game time and it, unfortunately at the minute it doesn't look like he's going to break into the starting eleven when we've got as many quality midfielders as we have with the with the league experience that they've got um and I think it's it's a good move for Ellis I think he's going to get some really valuable game time I think he's going to get some valuable experience where he's going and it's at a level that um I, I would probably say is is 
I mean, Ellis could slot into a League Two team, let's be honest, but I think it's at a level that's going to really boost his confidence quite a bit. Um, and I, I know, I think you're quite hot on the move as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously I've, I've written a little bit about it today. I, I disagree to uh, a level with you. I don't think he'd walk into many League Two teams. I think he's good enough to be a, to be a, uh, in the match day squad of, of many League Two teams. And I think if you took anyone out of the bottom six or seven, bar maybe Notts County, um, you know, he might get game time. But I think other than that, he's, he's still got some developing to do. He's a young kid. That's not me being critical. It's just me being honest. Mm. Um National League, as I've written today, does present a lot of different opportunities. You know, one you might be playing Leighton Orient in a in a decent football league stadium one weekend, and then you might be playing Boreham Wood in well, where Boreham Wood play, <laughs> let's say <laughs> politely, um, another weekend. So, you know, he's, he's going to be working with a good manager, John Sheridan. Obviously, did really well with Carlisle early part of this season, and and part of his legacy is is obviously still being seen now because they're in the top seven. So, um. Like Danny said, he's lent out his favourite toy. Let's hope that his favourite toy don't get broken. Um, but yeah, mm. Ellis Chapman's a good footballer. His head's screwed on right. He's got good people around him. And uh, I think it will be a positive move for him, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's uh, it's a move that can only benefit, I think, pretty much everybody involved. Um, you know, Chesterfield get a decent player. We get a, a young player going out with, to get some experience. And, and Ellis should hopefully get his confidence back because... Uh, I mean, I don't think it ever dropped too much, but it seems like it might have taken a little bit of a knock after the uh, incident at Cambridge. No, I don't think or, it did. I don't no? think it did at all. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Ellis is a person um, from from the interviews that I've done with him, and and kind of, I, I genuinely don't think that his confidence took a knock from it. I think it was a learning experience, but I don't think it's something that he's then let get to him. I just, I just think that naturally, as the season has worn on it was always going to be the case that the older, more experienced players were probably going to get more game time um, mm. unless he excelled. And I think it was, I certainly think it, it, it stunted his season to a degree. I think it was one of those situations where had he not got sent off, he may have got more game time. Had he got more game time, he may have continued to develop and remained in the side. But I don't think from a personal point of view that he's gone away and gone, oh, my confidence is not. I just think, you know, it, it, it certainly affected his time, his, 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 the time since, but it, not from a um, attitude or a, a confidence view. Just purely from a not playing for three or four games, where I think we went on a half decent run, um, mm. and the, the midfielders that we'd got settled and, and bedded in. So you know, it, that's football, unfortunately. But he'll be back. We'll see plenty more of Ellis in a red and white shirt. I'm one hundred percent sure of that. Oh, absolutely. So. Um, right, okay, Other um, another off-the-field matter at the minute that's kind of got a few people riled, and I think justifiably so, uh, is the news that the season ticket renewals are starting in two weeks, um, for two weeks. So early bird season ticket renewals start on the 20th of February. They will go on for two weeks, Um and then they'll go off sale until such a time that the club deem necessary to put them back on. Uh, it's a move that's courted quite a lot of controversy, and it's not necessarily just due to the financial reasons behind it. Well, not the financial reasons, sorry, but the financial implications that it has um, for people. But it's it's more about the, the level of information that's been put out and the, the length of time that's kind of there for fans to digest. And I mean, 
from my point of view, it is frustrating because all of a sudden we've got to find 700 quid from from pretty much nowhere um, and we've got one pay packet to do so. Um, if, if it was one of those where they said, right, okay, the, uh, the early bird season ticket renewal will happen at the end of March, that gives you a couple of pay packets to go, right, okay, can I adjust my finances? Can, I, can we make sure that we've got the savings to do this and X, Y, Z? Um, I mean, the one thing that I've seen, and this isn't just because I do the podcast with you and it's not just because, you know, we're friends and everything else, the level of kind of frustration that's been shown towards the supporters board on this is is above and beyond and it's it's really out of order. Um, from my understanding, you know, I don't have any inside info in terms of what goes on at the board meetings, despite the fact that I speak to Gary fairly regularly. He keeps fairly stum about it, um, apart from the minutes that come out, obviously. Uh, it's it's one of those where it's an advisory board, really. It, they're kind of the board that go between the club and the fans um, on that sort of semi-official level. I know that's... In terms of the boardroom side of it, I know obviously you've got Alan being the SLO and, and that kind of thing for the match days and uh, the supporting side of it. But the board side of it, that's what you're there for, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. It's kind of that advisory board. So... If somebody says to you, I want your advice on this, what would you do? And you say, right, well, I think it's going to be this. I think you should do this, rather. The club aren't necessarily legally bound to take that as given, and they will make their own decisions. They'll take it on board. They'll say, right, okay, we think this, and the the feedback that's come is this, so let's possibly work out something in the middle, and there we go. However, I think it it just it, it seems like it's a misstep. Um, in in my honest opinion on this one, I just think it's it's not enough notice, and it's an awful lot of money to find from from essentially nowhere. Um, I mean, I'm not going to be able to find 700 quid in in two weeks' time. It's uh, I would have preferred maybe a little bit longer to to plan, or maybe a slightly longer window. Um, but yeah, I mean. I'd, I've said my piece on it, and do you want to take the mantle from here? Hmm, I guess I ought to, really. I don't want that to sound blasé. I don't want people to go... Um, I'm in an awkward situation because, look, yeah, I'm on the sports board, and um, that takes an awful lot of stick from people who... who I'm not going to be too critical, but some people probably think that there's too many supporters groups and boards and don't really fully understand um, what we do. We try and be transparent and when I say we you know, we're just a group of Lincoln City fans sat around the table who have stuff thrown at us and we say what we think about it and then we go away you know we don't make conscious decisions to do anything the club don't have to listen to us having said that I'm not going to hide behind anything and say um, you know the club, club have completely ignored us because in terms of um, the initial pricing structure that's been released today or, or yesterday um I think I actually think it's fair. I think I think three four nine for an early boy, but birds fair. They haven't announced the next level as yet, um, and you know that's obviously something that the club will do in due course. Uh, we didn't, to my knowledge, and you know, I'm happy to be corrected on this by other people on the supporters board, but we didn't talk about the way that this was going to be delivered, um, mainly because it's not our decision. You know, the club come to us for a steer on certain things, season ticket prices. Um, 
it's, it's available in a minute, so I can mention it. Ground sponsorship, you know, would would us as supporters, as a group of individuals around the table, how did each of us feel about whether we should sell the naming rights to the ground? You know full well that there'll be somebody who comes out and go, no, we shouldn't sell the name rights. It's getting too corporate um, because that's that's the worry, isn't it? That's that's the mm. irrational fear that people keep bringing in that we're becoming too corporate football for the fans and all that sort of thing. As if you know, winning the National League and the EFL trophy wasn't going to attract a certain amount of corporate interest, which we were always going to cash in on. Um, the club get a lot of bad press. They haven't handled this particularly well in terms of the two weeks i'm not going to be able to take advantage of the early bird um absolutely not i can't find 350 quid in in a two-week spell with two weeks notice absolutely impossible Uh, yeah i get what everyone's saying i also find it very sad that people are saying that they now can't go to certain away games because of it absolutely understand again 100 percent. yeah i get it get it um, nobody said to us, what dates do you want us to release this? And, and we suggested to them. But at the same time, I'm not shying away from anything. I'm not going to shy away and say, you know, oh, the club have been bad here. And, you know, as a supporters board, we're outraged. I don't speak for anyone else. We're not a single entity. I speak for myself. Um, the pricing structure, I personally, and, you know, I, I hope this doesn't breach any confidentiality. I personally believed that the early bird should have been slightly more expensive. Um, given the product that was on offer or could theoretically be on offer. You know, I've seen somebody today saying that there's a potential rise of 70 quid in two seasons. Is that right? So we could be charging £70 to watch 24 matches, uh, £70 more to watch 24 matches against the likes of, let's say, Ipswich, Charlton and Sunderland, um, over and above Boreham Wood, Bromley and Maidstone. I, do you know what I mean? With with the rise that we're doing, I actually don't think that that's such a big rise. I don't have deep pockets. I don't get my back scratched. I have to pay out like everybody else does. I earn considerably less than 90% of the people that I'm speaking to on this podcast um, because of, of, of the career that I choose to do. Um, and yeah, I'm as affected by it as anybody, I'll be honest. But at the same time, yeah, I, I do hope that at some point in the near future, there's there's some form of address of the issue. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm certainly not going to start discussing the next pricing structures. I'm certainly not going to start hiding away from things that we do as a supporters board. It, you know, and it's a shame that these two things have become entwined because we've actually done some positive things, but. You know, we don't shout about those. And if people did know, found out about them, who who puts positive tweets on? Because you look like a bum licker. Do you know what I mean? No one's going to go on and go, oh, the supporters board have done a good job because of such and such. But as soon as something goes wrong, you know, I get text messages going, well, the supporters board consulted on this. And I'm not talking about one text message. I'm not talking about three text messages. You know, at one point I turned on my phone last night and there was 15 messages, 15 text messages to an announcement I didn't even realise had been, been made. It was only when I looked at my phone and I saw some of the names that were on there. I'm thinking something must have gone off with the supporters board then. So mm. that's enough of me talking about it. All I say is, like I said, I don't, I don't agree with the um, with with the window, or I, I, it doesn't sit as comfortably. I think some of the accusations levelled at individuals within the club who are trying to do their best for the club are unfair. I, I'd say I think I think the stick that Liam Scully gets is unfair. Don't mind naming him. Um, you know, people. I don't know what people think Liam's trying to do, but all he's trying to do is make the club um, more as profitable as possible. He does try and keep the fans as involved as possible. Um, you mm. know, the supporters board was his idea, or was certainly instigated by him. He's the one that wants to get people's opinions on this. 
but the guy can never win. Never win because as soon as something goes wrong, they go, oh, it's that bloody Liam Scully. Um, goes back a long way, doesn't it? Oh, it's that bloody Jeff Davey. I remember Jeff Davey always getting it. I remember Kevin mm-hmm. Cook getting it in the FA Cup years. As soon as you put a suit and a tie on and represent a football club, people think you're a wanker and you're not. But they do. Go, oh, well, he's got a suit and tie on. He don't go out and score goals on a Saturday, so he's not going to be worth any money to us, is he? Absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. Wouldn't be where we were today financially or as a club if it wasn't for the suits and ties behind the scenes that people don't trust so anyway that's me rant over oh i hate that no. i hate when people say rant over on a status you know when they put it on the end of a facebook status i look <laughs> at that and i think do you know what you're an absolute arse and now i've just done it verbally that that is the equivalent of saying lol in order to express laughing out loud <laughs> oh dear but I, I, I fully you know I, I do fully agree with you quickly there just i want to say it's it's interesting watching some of the people losing their minds about this and saying, "Oh, the club's getting too corporate." Oh, we, you know, we, we're selling out and all this. And you think, well, you're also the same person that wants to buy a striker for an awful lot of money. Which is it? You can't have it both ways. You know, you you either have it where the club's not corporate and it's not pulling money in, or we spend big money on a striker and we pull money in from somewhere. It's they're the they're the extremes. Yeah. Um, Look. Look, this, this, I understand some people who are saying that we're going too corporate. You know, we don't want to become a sanitised Premier League ground. Absolutely oh, not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Um, but we also, I don't want to sit in a ground with 5,000 fans and some empty seats because people who don't want to come to the ground and sing feel that they're being chastised. And it saddened me a little bit to see people kind of saying that, oh, well, all the new fans who have got plenty of money in their pocket will be able to renew. And maybe that was a tongue in cheek, to be fair. Um, the club have got to go more corporate. and uh, they've, they've got to do as much as they can to bring in some of that spend. You know, the executive boxes are full every week. Back when I was doing poacher in the early days, we had an executive box for the staff because we couldn't sell them all. Um, mm. And, you know, the people say about the Legends Lounge, Legends Lounge is, is, is bringing in money. It's bringing in decent money. And the fact is that, you know, people were complaining that they'd had to move their seats. I get that. You know, if I'd had a season ticket in a seat for 10 years and I had to move, I'd get that. But those people to be fair, hadn't had a season ticket up there for 10 years because what, not four, however many years ago, that was away fans. So it was only one or two years. And I, it pains me because I, I, you know, I, I see both sides of the argument because you know, people probably don't believe me when I say it, but I, you know, I am just like honest blokes who just want to go to the football, have a good time, have a drink, have a sing, all that sort of stuff. I, you know, I get it. And those guys, you know, they, they often come back with balanced views anyway. And then on the other side of the coin, I see the stuff through the supporters board and I see some of the finances. Yeah, I see this one million loss and everybody's thinking that there's some sort of hidden agenda. There isn't. Yeah, we've lost one million. We've got cash reserves of 2.6 million. So at the end of the day, this isn't a financial crisis that we're in. But if we want Mm. to compete in League One next year, you know, our budget doesn't just have to go up a hundred grand or something like that. It has to go up significantly. Peter, um, Sunderland at the top of League One spent four million pounds on a player in this transfer window. Four yeah. million pounds. Yeah, and that yeah. is and uh, let's say John Akindi cost us two hundred thousand, which is a, which is a, a number I hear bandied about. Okay, so I can't even do the maths. Is that twenty times? It's twenty, 20 times, times. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. And that's what we're going to be battling against. So. As long as the club don't forget certain sections of fans, 
which I don't ever think they will. I don't think they want to erode the fan base. That's why they want to know, should we sell naming rights to the Stacey West? Absolutely not, 100%. And they go away and go, we've heard that. That's not going to happen. And that's documented in the minutes, so I'm not breaking confidentiality. Should we sell naming rights to the ground? Couldn't give a toss. Call it what you want. Call it the John Bitter Stadium. You know what I mean? Call it whatever, the Selene Stinsel Bank Stadium. Don't care, because I'll call it Stinsel Bank. We make £100,000. But I just it, it, it bothers me because people, again, they say, oh, he's going too corporate. Is that Liam Scully's fault? Not the case. Absolutely not the case. Yeah. Liam's remit is to come in and is to increase the business aspect um, of the ground and is to improve the operations side of things. I mean, here's a, just yeah. quickly, and sorry, I know we're banging on about this, but just here's another thing. The early bird thing. There's also the thought about the um, people in the office and about the administration for season tickets and things like that. And I'm not defending the timescale whatsoever. But one of the reasons perhaps we're starting to do it early is to prevent those people one week before the the season kicks off going, where's my season ticket? Where's my season? You're not panicking. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I just hope that in the middle of all this, however much it goes up to, I hope they make the season ticket cards better because three of us have bought season ticket cards and there's only mine that works now. Is it all rubbed off? Yeah, basically. And we're going to raise it at the next supporters board meeting. But, you know, even if they if they do then take that on board and produce a new one that doesn't rub off, no one's going to go on Twitter, are they? And go, good, well done by the supporters board for raising that and having it sorted. And I know I sound a little bit bitter. And there's people who are saying I shouldn't have had my phone turned on at a gig anyway. But, you know, I was meeting the Rumjacks who nobody else has probably ever heard of. But for me, I was a big thing. I like my photo taken with Frankie McLaughlin. And at the end of the day, I didn't dare turn my phone on because with people calling me and the supporters board a twat for something we didn't even decide because we don't make decisions. So anyway, should we move on to our new feature, Ben? Or have you been yeah, putting we off a little bit? No, let's, let's move on. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be one of those that uh, it's going to go one of two ways for me because um, we're going to test out the new, the new feature of a quiz. Um, um, and Gary's going to put some questions to me. I think we're going to have a minute on the clock. Um, you can just sort it out now on my phone. <laughs> We've got a minute on the clock. Is it nine questions or however many questions I can get through, basically? Yeah, no, I've, I've got about 15 written down, to be honest, but I'm Christ, seriously okay. hoping that you're not that shit up that you get through to the last few because they're incredibly weak. Okay. So well, that's, they're the ones, they're the ones I want. Um, <laughs> just to explain what we're going to do, we're going to get one person on a week. I'm going to give them a phone call. Um, you can apply on Twitter. You can apply on email. Uh, you can pick an era, not particularly a season, but an era. So for you, Ben, I picked the era, didn't I? Which was a little bit unfair. Um, so you've mm-hmm. got some Keith era and some Jacko era questions. Um, okay. So we've got to have a, a decent enough range of of, uh, of questions. They're based very loosely on the Stacey West quiz that I've been doing, but it's as many as you can answer in 60 seconds. At the end of the season, we'll have a leaderboard and we'll probably do something with the top three where we might get them on live or we might do um, a grand final and there'll be a prize. Um, we, you never know what the prize might be. It might be club shop vouchers. Um, it might be... Uh, might be nothing of the sort if the season ticket prices go up too hard because I'll be hard up. Might might be might be <laughs> last season season ticket card signed by Danny Cowley or something like that. So, <laughs> so are you ready, Ben? I am as ready as I will ever be. Your sixty seconds will start when I say the first syllable of the first question. Okay, let's go. 
During the Keith Alexander era, which club did we lose to on the final day of the season two years in a row? Oh, Christ. Um, I'll come back to that one. Okay, two. Who did we play in the first game of Keith Alexander's second spell in charge of the club? Uh, I want to say Kidderminster. Correct. Three. Hey. Who was sent off in that game? Oh, God. Uh, oh, I can't remember. Okay. Uh, yeah, next one. Name five of Peter Jackson's Magnificent Seven. Oh, uh, well, we had uh, Stefan Oaks. Yep. We had uh, Kovacs. Yep. Uh, Kovacs, uh, Kevin Gall. Yep. Rob Birch. Yep. Um, Time's up. Uh, Frank Sinclair. Yeah, I'll give you that. Wow, you don't get many questions in in a minute, do you? No. That's interesting. Ooh. So, first, the club that we lost twice to was Yeovil. Ah, we lost 3 2 in 2003 04 and then 3 0 in 4 and 5 as they were, were champions. First game of the Keith era, you were correct, was Kidderminster. We drew 1 all. Richard Logan scored the first goal of the Keith Alexander era and Dean Cropper okay. was sent off in the game. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, Fucking hell. And yeah. five of the Magnificent Seven, indeed, you got them, but the Magnificent Seven were Jonas Kovacs, Aaron Brown, Kevin Gall, Rob Birch, Stefan Oates, Frank Sinclair, and the little known David Graham. Um, ah. And then obviously we also signed Adrian Pachulia, which went from Magnificent Seven to the Hateful Eight. And that's it all <laughs> collapsed. So, so Ben, you're first on our leaderboard with, uh, I'm going to say, a point each for the Magnificent Seven ones. I think that's fair. Enough. Okay. And I think I'll that, take that. Is that five? Yeah. So it's five, six, that's a seven. So you've got a seven. Um, okay. So I'm going to have to somehow maybe try and work in uh, work in something where they get to reel off lists of teams or something like that. So, but yeah, that's interesting. That's a good start. So if you okay. want to, I was going to say either that or we'll. I think increasing it maybe to to ninety seconds if you've just got questions because yeah. Uh, yeah, I think ninety having seconds. Yeah, I'll do ninety seconds. Yeah. So you've got yeah. seven, but everyone else will get ninety seconds with straight out questions. So. Yeah, that sounds good to me. You can see that we, we basically do our preparation live on air for the podcast. <laughs> Can't you? I actually forgot we were recording there. I kind of just thought we were testing and think, oh, yeah, shit, people are listening to this. So, uh, <laughs> Ben Ward, you're first with seven. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now over to you at Stacey West Blog. We have our first contestant next week, uh, which is Chris Lamming from Rugby. So he will be answering questions on, I think, a similar era, actually, uh, from what we said yesterday. So. Okay, cool. Well, uh, yeah. So hopefully, um, if uh, if you're interested, get your get your tweets out, get your you know get your, your your requests in, and hopefully, we'll have a few more going forward over the next few weeks. Um, what we'll do now is I think we'll wrap it up. Is there anything you want to plug, Gary? Uh, no, I don't really think so. To be honest, I've still got loads of the fanzine left, but I don't think we'll be selling it because it's. February the 7th and it's got Christmas decorations on the front. So that'll probably, I might hand them out free at the game if I'm kicking about. Um, I do want to actually, yeah, just plug the kick it out. Uh, Lisa lady imps, kick it out stand. They're going to be in the fan zone this weekend. I think there's going to be, um, 
a football supporters federation rep there as well. They're going to be answering questions about the um, about what they do and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's a big day actually on Saturday. Uh, not only is it the game, but off the field. I know there's a lot going on, but definitely go over and see Maria and uh, and the football supporters federation lady amalgamation and have a chat with them. Absolutely. Um... I just want to plug my um, charity live stream. It's happening on the 23rd of February, so two weeks' time, um, which actually falls quite nicely because we've got an away game. And last week, uh, last year I missed the Forest Green game, which I was a bit annoyed about. Um, but, yeah, we're going to have uh, we're gonna have a full 24 hours of live streaming video games um, on nextgenbase.com and YouTube and Twitch and all of that stuff um, to raise money for special effect. We mentioned it in a previous podcast. Basically, they help uh, disabled people, whether it's people that have been disabled since birth, whether they've developed a disability or whether they've been injured. I think they've helped some military folks out. I think they've helped kids out that have had been involved in accidents um, and they help them play video games. Uh, they're a wonderful, wonderful charity and we are giving away an absolute shitload of stuff. I mean, I, I put a call out to um, some friends in the games industry and they came back to me and they said, yep, cool, we'll give you some bits and bobs. And the stuff we've had so far is amazing. Like we had an, a huge package from um, Konami actually with with T-shirts, hoodies, games, customized controllers like with with uh, Pro Evolution Soccer branding all over it and uh, Zone of the Enders branding. They're, they are ridiculously rare. You can't get your hands on them in the shops. Um, we've got games from all over the place. We've got vouchers from, from clothing companies. We've got headsets to give away. Basically, what we're saying is if you if you donate £5, then um, you'll be put into a draw and we'll, we'll basically draw every single thing that we've got throughout the day. Um, and the way things are going at the minute, it looks like we're going to have more things to give away than than people that are donating. So um, I'll how, put a link. How would my, I donate then? I was going to say, I'll put a link on my Twitter, but if you've got a pen handy, uh, the link is justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash NGB Game Blast. And that's all one word. Um, I'll say I'll put a link on Twitter. And uh, yeah, if you if people can donate, it would just be amazing um, because they are an, they're just an awesome charity and they need all the help that people can get. So we're aiming to raise a grand with so far over the past three years, we've raised about 3,700 pounds. So uh, we're hoping to, to go one better this year. And that's me done. I think that's, that's my blurb. I will doubtless pimp it going forward over the next couple of weeks. What I might do as well, I might bring a, a sponsor form down to the, uh, down to the ground on Saturday and, and accost people that I know or come and find me and, and give me some money. It's all good. <laughs> cool. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Um, We'll see you next week, guys. And hopefully we'll have uh, three more points in the bag at the end of it. Bye. See you later. Bye. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.